The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Zion Christian Academy, Custom Stone Handlers, Fast Stop Convenience Stores, Lee Company, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. From preps to pros and everything in between, it's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Live from the Lee Company Studio with the Hall of Famer Mo Patton, here's Chris Yao. Welcome in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Ben Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton, JP Plant with you here from the Lee Company Studio, coming to you live from 1017 FM, WKOM, and 94.5 The Eagle, WZYX. Of course, we're on YouTube and Facebook. Twitter's coming, and there it is. We're also live on Twitter. <laughs> Currently on uh, sm-tnsports.com as well. You can always find the stream there. Mo, good afternoon. How are things? Things? Things are things. I mean, I can't hear myself in my earphones, but other than that, things are things. Well, that's an unfortunate situation that we yeah. have found yourself in. Yeah, well, I know I'm talking, so there it is. <laughs> that's, yeah. uh, that's ideal. Yeah. Um, got a big show coming up today. We have quite the the list of topics, <laughs> including the Atlanta Braves, which we the only thing we can do today is talk about the roster moves and the situation that they find themselves in as far as the NL East and such is concerned. We'll talk about um, Summertown football. We'll get to that in hour number two. We'll start our SEC previews today where we'll try to preview every team in the Southeastern Conference individually, much like we did with those uh, conferences. But uh, we'll, we'll try to get somebody on from each, uh, a beat writer from each school to talk a little bit about those teams. So we'll talk with Mitchell Forty today of PowerMizzou.com. Talk about the Tigers of the black and gold variety. We'll also visit with Chip Walters. We failed to do that yesterday due to some conflicts in scheduling. So we'll get the MTSU report in hour number two as well. It's also Top 5 Tuesday, where we will talk about our favorite top five sports broadcasters, and that meaning play-by-play slash color analysts, etc. So yeah, it's going to be a good show. Got a lot to get to, including our top stories for the day. And I bring this up only because anyone who knows me knows that I've I was I was always a fan of the Arena Football League and former Arena Football League commissioner David Baker once dubbed the NFL the No Fun League. And 
it appears that Roger Goodell is embracing that with a new taunting rule that will be, quote, strictly enforced. Basically saying, you're not going to do any trash talking whatsoever. (laughs) Yeah, okay. And if you do, it's 15 yards. How long does that last? What's the over-under on that? I don't. I don't know if if officials are going to call it. That's uh, well. You're that. That's. I guess. I mean, it's I, a point I, of emphasis I, this year. I just feel like that's the level of ridiculousness that you're dealing with there. I mean, one person's trash talk is another's. You know, celebration. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. That's. I just feel like those guys have better things to be worried about. Well, it's almost like, you know, when high school basketball officials became the uniform police. Well, you can't have a manufacturer's logo on the jersey. You can have one on your shorts, but not on the jersey. Uh, And then you you can't have, you know, your undershirt has to have stitches in it. It can't be, you know, you can't be frayed on the end. Just every little thing. And this just seems like one of those trying to find something to make a point of emphasis because you have nothing else to make a point of emphasis. Over-officious. No need for that. Just let me call the game, and if something happens that I feel is egregious, then I'll throw a flag. If not, I'm not going to. It reminds me of... Former Braves manager Bobby Cox. I don't like to have a whole lot of rules because then I got to enforce them. And there's no need for it. And I mean, that's one that just doesn't need to be there to me. I agree. I mean, it's not that the taunting rule is necessarily bad to have. I think there is a level of taunting. Uh, well, yeah, that I mean, should there, be. Are, there are lines that don't need to be crossed. Right. But. Strictly Strict, enforcing? Right. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. Anyway, uh, story number two. I'm sure you're all going to be surprised that the University of Alabama has <laughs> been voted number one in the college football coaches poll. I know, right? Uh, number two, surprisingly, Clemson. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? Uh, number three. Who's number three? Um, I bet it's an SEC team. Oh, oh, almost. (laughs) (laughs) Number three, Oklahoma. Number four, Ohio State. Number five, Georgia. A&M, Notre Dame, Iowa State, North Carolina, Cincinnati round out the top ten. Surprised that Cincinnati's in there? I don't know which I'm more surprised at, that Cincinnati's in there or that A&M is sixth. Well, see, I – A&M was, uh, I mean, they, they kind of almost backdoored their way into the college football playoff last year. I mean, it, it had, remember, A&M only lost, what, one game last year, right? To, to Alabama. To Alabama. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean. I'm just not sure that I expected them to be that highly thought of, you know, this early on. 
you know, maybe it was a lack of attention on my part. I just didn't necessarily realize that they were quite that good this time around. Here's the thing. Speaking of A&M, you tweeted a list yesterday that um, a lot of Tennessee football fans would be heartbroken shook, shook to see. It was a list of the top um, 2022 draft eligible running backs. That and I connect that to A&M because Isaiah Spiller was number one. Isaiah Spiller was number one. But but also on the list. <laughs> two of the top six guys wore past tense, orange and white. I just, I'm surprised that Ty Chandler is ahead of Eric I'm, Gray in this well, situation. I'm, I'm a little surprised at that too, and I think the former coaching staff would be as well. I think anybody who watched Tennessee football over the last two years would be surprised. But I don't, you know. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with Ty Chandler. I just think Eric Gray's a better running back. Well, I guess it depends on what you're looking for. I guess it does. But, I mean, <laughs> the the fact is you had them both. Both of them. Top six. NFL draft running back, according to Mike Farrell, whoever he is. Rivals 24-7. Again. Draft uh, recruiting analyst who apparently continues to follow guys once they're no longer being recruited. He's the rival's godfather. He's 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 a relatively knowledgeable guy. I'm just saying I yeah. I, I feel I feel rough. <laughs> Understandably. That's that that one broke me. But yeah. uh well, I mean, who who is UT's number one running back? I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Hopefully we'll find out when we talk about UT. In our SEC football previews. Yes, please. And thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on. This one is, we're going to kind of get into some. Speaking of trash talking. Yeah. I, I mean, this would have been, this would have been a 15 yard penalty. <laughs> yeah. Under any degrees of enforcement, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and. I mean, I appreciate A.J. Brown for putting it as nicely as he can. It's right. But you sent me the tweet. Tell me what it was again. Uh, so um, a, um, a Titans beat writer had made mention of the fact that, you know, showed some video from practice yesterday that um, of Josh Reynolds, the – Receiver that the Titans acquired over the offseason from the Los Angeles from is it Los Angeles Rams? Is that where they are now? Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> from the Rams. And makes the likely a, number three. Yeah. Makes a comment that Josh Reynolds does not look explosive to me. And like I said, I guess he's got a, got some video here. And AJ Brown took exception to it. <laughs> I'm going to say this as nice as I can. Nobody asked for your expletive deleted opinion. He's probably working through something like everyone else is in camp. I'll probably get in trouble for this, but I don't even care. Need to learn some respect fast. Two exclamation points. (laughs) I sure am glad AJ said it as nice as he could. 
Yeah, I would have because hate he to, could have said it a lot worse. Obviously, I would hate to have seen him say it as harshly, yeah, as he could, yeah, or anywhere in between. To be honest with you, that was yeah. and and well deserved. I mean, <laughs> I know that that's what you're supposed to do. You're you're you. I don't know. I don't know if that is what you're supposed to do. I mean, there are those that will tell you that. Well, I, mean, I don't know. It that, depends on what you what you're doing with your beat. Are you a shock jock? Are you a guy who's supposed to stir up some controversy? Are you a or guy you that's just, just trying to get clicks? information? Yeah, because I, mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Is 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 Reynolds coming off some kind of a ham or quad or something? I I, I don't know. I mean. I don't think he is, but he's, I mean, he's been limited. But, I mean, as we sit here on, you know, at the time, August 9th, and they've got a preseason game coming up this weekend against the Falcons, you know, maybe maybe it was not his intent on that particular play to be explosive. That's possible. I mean. Maybe he was not going full speed. Maybe, you know, intentionally. And. You just don't know. You don't know. And I mean, we we don't know. And my guess is he didn't know. Yeah, that that's that's the thing is you are trying to you're trying to come up with something, especially when the top two wide receivers are not practicing. Yeah, and and to be fair, you know, I've covered college preseason, I've covered spring training. You know, stories aren't always so easy to come up with. And it, I did it pre-Twitter. Oh, well, so. And so that's the thing is even more so now because so, people are expecting something mm-hmm. every hour. They want something from you on Twitter every hour, yeah. if not more often. Sure. So I get that. I mean, you're just trying to, to fill the space. But at the same but, time, you know... It's a fine line, I think, when you're starting to make judgments and air opinions because, I mean, worst-case scenario, you get A.J. Brown being as nice as he can. And and what what happens when you decide to go to talk to A.J. and A.J. decides he doesn't want to talk to you because you've disrespected the receiver group? There you go. That's you know, that, then, that is, then what? And that's that's the risk you run. But then AJ's wrong for not talking. I can't. Well, I guess that just depends on who it is. <laughs> and it's it's interesting. It's it's an interesting dynamic, and it it's something that I think will bear paying attention to as we go. Yeah, no question. All right, let's uh, take a quick break. And uh, before that, though, we obviously need to get to the rundown. This is the rundown. This is your Tuesday rundown brought to you by Jim Davis at Grow Live Give. Visit them at growlivegive.com or give them a call at 615-682-0022. Securities offered through IFP Securities, LLC, DBA, Independent Financial Partners, IFP member, FINRA, SIPC. Investment advice offered through IFP Advisors, LLC, DBA, Independent Financial Partners, Registered Investment Advisor. IFP and Grow Live Give are not affiliated. In Little League Southeast Conf- I'm sorry, Southeast Regional Tournament play, 
last night. Florida blanked Georgia four to nothing to advance to the championship game and secure a berth in the Little League World Series in Williamsport. Major League Baseball action on Monday. It was the Indians nine, the Reds three. The White Sox defeated the Twins eleven one. The Yankees defeated the Royals eight six, and it was San Diego eight, Miami three. In today's Major League Baseball action, the Reds are at the Braves. It's a 6-20 first pitch on Bally Sports South. Or you can listen to it on our sister station, 103.7 WKRM, with a 5.05 pregame. The Blue Jays are also at the Angels tonight. It's a 9.07 first pitch on ESPN+. Supposed to be playing right now is the Little League World Series Southeast Regional Georgia and Tennessee. That's Midland, Georgia, and Nolensville. That game is, I assume, postponed because they're playing uh, around the horn. So it's not on ESPN right now. It's supposed to be, so I'm assuming it is being is postponed at this particular moment. Also tonight, a scrimmage over at Columbia Central. The Lions will take on Tullahoma in a scrimmage. Anybody yeah. else around town? Um, Mount Pleasant goes to Waverly in a scrimmage. That scrimmage over at Central, I think the freshmen are supposed to go at 5.30 and varsity at 6.30-ish. Gotcha. Up on the hill, not in the stadium. There you go. Um, California and Nevada, Southern California and Nevada, are playing on the West Coast, and they're in a 4-4 tie in the 8th. So I don't know if that has to, anything to do with the other side either. So anyway... That's it. That's your rundown on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today for Tuesday. I think Southern California just hit a two-run homer in the top half of the eighth inning to go up six to four. Oh, so they were already uh, in extras then because yeah. they play six, right? Yeah, they were in extras. So there you go. All right, when we come back, more baseball, Braves, Reds, Sounds, all that. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Be right back. Fast Stop Markets is a full-service, family-owned convenience store chain located in 14 locations throughout Middle and West Tennessee. For those in our listing area, you can find them in Columbia, Centerville, Lawrenceburg, Spring Hill, Dixon, and White Bluff. Fast Stop partners with wholesale fuel brands like Shell, Marathon, and Exxon, delivering a consistent customer experience that is fast, friendly, and clean. If it's not already, it will soon become your go-to store to shop in town or on the road. Fast Stop Markets is proud to be keeping you moving in Tennessee. play chris and mo are talking about it yeah that's trash can juice speak for yourself for better or worse on southern middle tennessee sports today back to the lee company studio yep they're fans too here's chris and mo welcome back into southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid-tennessee bone and joint it is time to talk a little atlanta braves but first we need to tell you about our friends at Jones and Lang Sporting Goods because they are the proud sponsor of this segment. 
Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Now, as we talk about the Braves, obviously they did not play last night, so we have nothing to talk about on the game side, but plenty on the roster move side. As I just told you, there's been a Waskari Noah sighting inside Truist Park wearing a batting practice jersey, which probably means he's taking some swings. Well, let's let's hope he is. <laughs> if he's on the roster, he is, a, he is eligible to pinch, pinch hit, hit at any point. Yeah, <laughs> which is a good sign yeah, if, if yeah. he can pick up where he left off. No doubt. He's got one of their 10 grand slams this season. <laughs> That's a lot of grand slams. Uh, and it's so funny because, again, we've talked about this team so many times, how they are all or nothing. Uh, it, we either can't get a hit with runners in scoring position or we bring them all in once. One of the <laughs> two. It's never anything else. Yeah, but <laughs> – you know that um, Friday night, I think it was when they scored when they beat Washington eight four. Uh, they scored eight runs without a home run, which has been a relative rarity for them this year to run up those kind of numbers and not go deep. It's really a rarity in the game these days, in it. But it seems even more so for them uh, than yeah. a lot of teams. Maybe, and that may be true. It may just be because we watch the Braves more than we watch anybody else. I don't know. But, yeah, it it does. But it also seems like every time we play somebody, it's two or three home runs. So, who knows? What's crazy is they're the only team in the NL East with a positive run differential. The Marlins did finally go down after that 8-3 loss last night to the Padres. So, yes, they are. The only one in the Ellies with a positive run differential. And it's a big one. It's yeah. like plus 68 or something. Pretty, pretty significant. Yeah. For, <laughs> it's not like four. <laughs> for for a team that just got over 500 in the last week. Yeah. yeah. It's insane. But the Waskari Noah sighting means that somebody had to go. Well, it's not necessarily Waskar that was the reason somebody had to go. But somebody did go earlier today because – A.J. Minter was added to the active roster. Noah has not been added yet. That's right. But, but Minter was added after giving up zero runs in Gwinnett. Zero. You know? Zero. Maybe he went down there and got fixed. We'll see soon enough because I'm sure we'll see him out there here in, at some point during this Cincinnati series. But – Making room for him on the roster, the Braves designated Shane Green for assignment. And full disclosure, I, I won't call Chris out, but I do know that when, when Shane Green was showing up at ball games and sitting in the stands, I was one of those that was like, why don't they sign this dude? Here's what I'm going to say. All right. Yes, we were both on the Shane Green train. I do not put this solely on Shane Green. I think the fact that Alex Anthopoulos failed to sign him in the offseason, giving him the work that he probably needed through spring training, 
and the first two months of the season, it didn't help. So, therefore, I'm not putting it all on Shane Green. That being said, he didn't perform. He did not perform. Again, if he's got three months to work through some stuff in, you know, without wins and losses on the line, maybe there's a difference. I don't know. I'm just saying I'm not putting I mean, it solely on his shoulders, but you. it uh, is I mean, it's just as much his fault as as Anthopolis. I mean, that, but that's a fair that's a fair assessment of the situation, but regardless of why he didn't perform, he didn't perform. And and, and, and they were in a position where they needed could, him to well, perform. The, yeah, and, and they couldn't afford for him not to. Right. They they had to have it. I mean, that's why they and, signed and it. And still do. Yeah, they they need And if he, if they can't get it out of him, they got to get it somewhere because they still have to get that bullpen solidified and you have to look no farther than Saturday night to see that. Yeah, I, here's the thing. You, you can't get, take a two-run lead into the ninth and lose against those guys. Against that lineup. Yeah. Right. That's that's the big issue is that it was Against those guys, <laughs> the yeah, AAA I mean, lineup. I mean, if, if it's the Dodgers, if, shoot, if it's the Reds, the way they can hit the ball. Yeah, but I, I'm less those upset. guys. Yeah, <laughs> but Riley Adams, not so much. This guy. Yeah, this guy. Yeah, <laughs> and so, but but you look at that bullpen you, right now. Right now in the bullpen, you've got Richard Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. You've got Luke Jackson, who's been pretty good. Chris Martin has been pretty good of late as well. You've got Will Smith and A.J. Minter. Those five right there, you should feel good about. If, if In varying degrees of feel good. But just based on historical delivering and the way Luke Jackson has pitched this year, the way Chris Martin pitched last year, the way Will Smith has pitched in the past – Richard Rodriguez has been fantastic since he got here. You you should say this bullpen, talent-wise, has the ability to be one of the best in the major leagues. Right now, I feel like if you went Luke Jackson, Chris Martin, Richard Rodriguez in the 7th, 8th, ninth, you got to like your chances. I don't think that's what we're going to see anytime soon. I think we're still going to continue to see Will Smith on the back end. You're going to see Rodriguez in the sixth or seventh. You're going to see Martin or Jackson in the eighth and ninth or eighth. And then you're going to see Smith ninth because that's who Brian Snitker is. He's Mr. Loyalty. Results be damned. We're going to be loyal to our kids. Whatever. I think I think it's a positive sometimes for position players. I think it's more of a positive for position players than it is for pitchers. But it's not good for pitchers. Because there's, unfortunately, typically more riding on that situation. Well, not just that, but you, you have 162 times to go out and... And try to win a ball Fix game. it. Yeah. If you're a... A closer, you've got 41 attempts out of 110. So, right at a third. You're out there a third of the time, not Mm -hmm. every single day. That's why it's not the best way to handle pitchers, in my opinion. But, as we all know, who are we and And what do we know? know? Yeah, well, I, I know that... 
I know that Will Smith makes things a lot harder than they have to be. So does Luke Jackson, but Luke Jackson can get out of it apparently. <laughs> well, well, and and even even in the worst case scenario, there's chances to overcome Luke Jackson. It's true. The the chances to overcome it when Will Smith, you know, spits the bit aren't as plentiful. Which is what kind of magnifies the whole thing, which is why I'd really like to see Richard Rodriguez get, get a, a save opportunity and I, see what happens. I agree. Braves history. Braves history. August 10th, 2003, despite the 12th unassisted triple play in Major League Baseball history, the Braves dropped a 3-2 decision at St. Louis. With runners at first and second and no outs in a 1-1 game, shortstop Raphael for call went up the ladder to grab a line drive by Cardinal starting pitcher Woody Williams, stepped on second before Mike Matheny could get back and tagged an advancing Orlando Palmero to end the fifth inning. Fercal went on to score the go-ahead run in the seventh on a Gary Sheffield sacrifice fly, but home runs by Eduardo Perez and Albert Pujols in the eighth decided the outcome. John Smoltz, out of the pen, took the loss for the Braves. Nashville native Martin Methodist Athletic Hall of Famer Chuck Merriweather umpiring first base for that guy. Yeah. It's always a local angle. I was about to say, there's always a local angle. Go with it. Anytime you get a chance. That is this day in Braves history. Tonight, the Sounds open up a road series with the Louisville Bats. The Bats coming in 32-51. and 51. Sounds 49-35. and 35. It's a 530 first pitch at Louisville Slugger Field. Yeah. Um, Josh Lindblom. Gets the start for the Sounds, 3-1 and one with a one three seven ERA. The bat starter has not been named, or at least it was not available on NashvilleSounds.com. Meanwhile, uh, the Brewers lost 4-2 in the opening game of a doubleheader at Wrigley Field. Game two starter for the Brewers will be Aaron Ashby. Going against former Montgomery Central standout Alec Mills for the Cubs. Big big game for Mr. Ashby in his second major league appearance, I believe. Is that right? I think so. And uh, hopefully this one goes better than his last one. It wasn't great last yeah. time. Uh, I think he's going to be a very solid big league pitcher once he gets up there and stays up there for a while. It's tough. I mean, yeah, especially and, – and it will be tough tonight because he's battling what he did his last time out against – well, I well, start to say against these same Cubs, but that's not necessarily no, the case that's either. not necessarily the case at all. As we were talking about the Nationals earlier, I mean, no Rizzo, no Bryant, no Baez. Who else is gone? Uh, I think that's it as far as bats. Kimbrell is gone. Yeah. Yeah, so. Okay. Sounds, by the way, are second in the AAA Southeast standings at 49 and 35. Durham is 55 and 28. There's no playoffs, so it really doesn't matter, but. You know, as long as they're keeping standings, you want to be at the top of them. But speaking of, I'm not sure they've even played Durham this year. I don't remember them having played Durham to this point. And I'm not, maybe they have, but I don't think they have. They certainly haven't played them in Nashville. They've not played them here. No. So. Because we would have remembered that. Right. I mean, uh, that's a a game I'm going to. So anyway. Hang on a minute. If we have the time to hang on a minute. Because my 
computer's a little slow. But I'm trying to scroll through there game by game here real quick. If we don't have time, that's fine. Uh, let's just get to it on the other side. What do you say? <laughs> we'll find it on, in the break and get and tell them. Uh, 4-2 win on Sunday over Toledo. Ended that homestand. But, uh, they have not played. There you go. Either place. When we come back, it is Mitchell 40 of PowerMizzou.com talking Missouri football. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bond and Joint. Be right back right after this. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. We're here 24-7, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company, call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at LeeCompany.com. That's LeeCompany.com. Tennessee Sports Today. Once again, live from the Lee Company studio with the Hall of Famer Mo Patton, here's Chris Yow. Welcome back in Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Getting ready to kick off our Southeastern Conference football previews as we will make our way around the current Southeastern Conference landscape, as we have already talked Oklahoma, <laughs> Texas. Ad nauseum. We have, in <laughs> fact. So we start today talking a little bit about the Black and Gold Tigers, former colleagues of the Oklahoma and Texas teams out in the Big 12. But now and have been for a while members of the Southeastern Conference, despite playing in the South e- or in the East Division of the Southeastern Conference, uh, being the second westernmost school in the, <laughs> in the conference. I guess are I, they are they farther west in Arkansas? Uh, it's probably close. Probably it's very close. It's probably close. Yes. Our guests might know. <laughs> probably so. We are joined on the show today by. Uh, PowerMizzou.com's Missouri beat writer and Brooks' brother, Mitchell Forty. Mitchell, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great, guys. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 that's not the first time you've heard that, is it, Brooks' brother? Oh, absolutely not. No, I mean that's that's been a lot lately, but it's been uh, it's, it's been hard. Is she home yet? Yeah, yeah, she got home um, about a week. 
ago, a little less. Actually, yeah, about a week ago. Oh, wow. Okay. So she's she's finally over the jet lag. We've got a friend who was over there covering it, and that's been her thing, um, trying to get caught up. Yeah, I think she's she's finally recovered. I know it was uh, like Brook 40 day at the the pools we grew up swimming at yesterday, so she had to sign autographs and stuff, which obviously she's happy to do, but uh, I think think she was able to do that without falling asleep. (laughs) That's ideal. (laughs) Um, For those who may be unaware, Mitchell's sister, Brooke Forty, um, took silver in the 4x2 freestyle relay over in Tokyo here not too long ago. So congratulations to her and to y'all's family, Mitchell. I know that's got to be a great honor for y'all. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much. It was it was really a dream to watch. Obviously, you know the Olympics are kind of the the height of swimming, so that's always the dream. And so to see her get to do it was pretty cool. Mitchell, we wanted to have you on talk a little Missouri football because, well, we don't know much about it. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest with you. We haven't kept up with uh, Missouri since the last time they were in the SEC championship game. So, uh, <laughs> seriously though, this team. With uh, Eli Drinkwitz at the helm is certainly going to be uh, no shortage of headlines because Coach Drinkwitz is well, he's he's pretty um, opinionated, huh? Yeah, and not so much that he's opinionated. I think he's just kind of mischievous and he likes to talk. Um, I think days with his type of deal, where uh, you know he's happy to, to take some jabs at people. He likes to, uh, you know, he likes to stir things up. He's, he's got just an outgoing personality by nature. You know, he's always uh, energetic, always, you know, always effervescent, always looking to talk. So he's, uh, you know, he's an entertaining coach, entertaining coach to cover in that regard. Um, certainly, the fans have enjoyed it. I think, especially, you know, the last two coaches haven't had a whole lot of personality. So I think that's helped build some excitement around the program, and I don't expect it to change anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. So I think I saw um, during SEC media days that the um, intramural team he played on while he was in school at Arkansas Tech was Spurrier's boys, and and he unleashed a couple of Spurrier-like quips down in Hoover. So. Um, Definitely kind of got himself on the radar there, I guess, at his first SEC media days, actually. Yeah, you can kind of actually see some of the, the Spurrier tendencies. Obviously, he's, he's a big Spurrier fan. That's why he named his high football team that. But, um, you know, he wears the visor, offensive coach, and uh, definitely is not afraid to slip some one-liners in there. Yeah, Mitchell, I know this is his second year now, and, and – First-year coaches at the collegiate level last year in the middle of the pandemic and that kind of thing, it was really tough covering college football anyway. Um, what have you learned? How, how close have you been able to get to him, you know, here over the last few months since protocols kind of loosened up as far as that went? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely weird last year, um, you know, after – met him in person maybe two times before uh, everything got shut down and you know, there was a point after there was some roster, some uh, coaching staff turnover earlier this offseason there was a point where I had only met one of the assistant coaches in person ever uh, but over the past few weeks we've been able to do some in-person interviews get to uh, see a little bit of, of a couple camp practices in the first few minutes and, and talk to some, some players and some coaches so you know, getting a better grasp about the team for sure Tell me a little bit about how much 
Missouri will lean on senior running back in Memphis native. Is it Beatty, Tyler Beatty, Batty? Mm-hmm. Beatty. Beatty. Okay. T- tell us uh, how, how important is he going to be to this team? Because he, obviously the Warful trophy watch list, that that's a big honor there. So uh, he, he's got to yeah, be an I important think, part. I think he's got a chance to, to play a pretty big role. Um, he's always been kind of a change of pace back. And last year, Missouri really relied on Larry Roundtree the third. He was their workhorse. He carried the ball 21 times a game, um, which is obviously a lot um, in, in on the football. So, um, and Beatty was just kind of a third down change of pace uh, receiving back. And, and that's the way he's been for his first two years. So he's really kind of bided his time. And I think this year he definitely is going to be the feature guy. Um, I, I don't think he'll carry the ball quite as often as Larry Roundtree. He's not quite big enough, I think, to stand up to quite that level of workload. But I think he'll touch the ball, you know, 15, 16 times, something like that. And he'll give, he'll have a chance to, to really show what he can do and, you know, audition for the next level. As I look over this schedule, I, I think, you know, obviously they open with Central Michigan. And then it's pretty quick into SEC play with a road trip to Kentucky. And this Kentucky team is, has been tough, you know, for the past couple of years. What, you know, what's kind of the, the thought process for fans and, and for this team getting into SEC play so quickly? Yeah, I think that Kentucky game will be a, a very big game as far as, as morale for the rest of the season and kind of a measuring point for what this team could be. Um, you know, there's still some questions out there. I mean, like, we, you know, we only have a 10-game sample size of Mizzou under Drinkwitz, and so much of last year was just ridiculous. I mean, they played a couple games with about 50 scholarship players. They, you know, they had some other games play where some, the opponent had, like, 50 scholarship players. They had, like, I think maybe seven of the 10 games moved um, – from the original date they were supposed to play that opponent. You know, the LSU game was supposed to be in Baton Rouge, ended up being played in Columbia because of a hurricane. It was just a ridiculous season. So I think there's a sense of, you know, question. There's a lot of optimism out there, certainly among the fans, but just, you know, how good can this team be um, this year under Drinkwitz? And and I think that'll be a really, really quick and important measuring stick against Kentucky. You know, one of the reasons Barry Odom was like, oh, his, his team's lost to Kentucky five years in a row. And Eli Drinkwitz reversed that trend last year. But Kentucky's a solid team. You know, they've been uh, consistently among the top three or four teams in the East under Mark Stoops. And I think that the first step for Missouri to get where they want to be, which is among those, you know, probably top three teams in the SEC, is to be better, consistently better than Kentucky. So that's a good opportunity right there early in the season to kind of see what this team can be. And I would guess, Mitchell, that um, one of the reasons for optimism around this program is you're returning the quarterback. I mean, particularly in an offense like Eli Drinkwitz wants to run, having a returner like a Connor Bazilak really gets things going in the right direction. Yeah, I think, you know, if Missouri's going to be what a lot of the fans want them to be this year, it's going to be because Connor Bazilak takes that next step. And there's reason to believe he can do that. Um, he played pretty well last year considering the circumstances. He was a redshirt freshman. He had torn his ACL in the very last game of 2019. So he was rehabbing pretty much all offseason. Um, they, they they tapped uh, TCU transfer Sean Robinson to start ahead of him. He replaced Sean Robinson in the second game of the year and then um, kept the starting job from there. But, you know, I mean, definitely, like, he's open about the fact that he hadn't seen all these defenses before. You know, he was seeing things for the first time on the field. So he was pretty conservative. He had a, a good completion percentage, but only threw seven touchdowns, didn't throw the deep ball very well. 
Um, so I think there's reason to believe that, you know, ha- him having a full off season as the guy and working with Drinkwitz, he could, he could definitely improve in those areas. Um, I think the receiving course should be a little bit better this year than last year as well, which can help. Um, but, you know, especially with Larry Roundtree gone, as I mentioned, he was kind of the feature of Missouri's offense. They're going to need the passing game to take that next step. They're going to need Bayswick to be able to connect on some deeper balls just to kind of loosen things up for the rest of the offense. Got a chance to build some momentum because after that Central Michigan and Kentucky game, you've got SEMO, you go to Boston College, and then you get Tennessee coming to y'all's place. I mean, it's – conceivable that you guys could be six and oh or even seven and oh heading into a&m in mid-october yeah there's definitely some talk of that i think you know kentucky at kentucky and at boston college both within the first four weeks are two certainly tough games um and i would be surprised if they win both of those but it's certainly not impossible like you said it's it's conceivable that they could be six and oh before the schedule really ramps up with uh, a&m georgia and florida all in the latter half there but, um, yeah, there's just, that's part of the reason for the, for some of the optimism is, is the schedule is not overly difficult. You know, you've got those three mm-hmm. teams, A&M, Florida, and Georgia, all probably top ten teams. But other than that, I don't think you'll have, you know, a team ranked in the preseason top 25 on Missouri's schedule. But none of those back-to-back. You get Vandy after A&M, South Carolina after Georgia, and then you play Florida before you finish with Arkansas. So that's – uh, like you said, a a manageable schedule in the first half for sure to set you up for a a good second half. Yeah, I think so, and especially after last year, you know, the ten game SEC schedule getting LSU and Alabama added to the normal slate. I think uh, I think that'll be welcome. <laughs> no question, <laughs> no question. Hey, man, uh, Mitchell Forty, we really appreciate your time and your insight into uh, Missouri football. Looking forward to this season. Thank you so much for taking some time with us today, man. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. All right. That's Mitchell Forty of PowerMizzou.com. What's his Twitter handle? You know what? I do, in fact, have his Twitter handle available to you. It is at Mitchell 4D. Four, number four. D. Letter D. The letter D. Okay. Mitchell. 4D, like four dimensions. So if you want to check on some Mizzou football, check out at Mitchell4D. And PowerMizzou.com. There you go. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it's Chip Walters with Middle Tennessee State update. So stick around. Talk a little Blue Raiders on the other side of the top of the hour on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We'll be right back right after this. 